Hello everyone, my name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. Today we have my friend Karen Martell on the show talking about how to break through weight loss resistance. I know so many women today, including myself, uh, definitely in the past, have found themselves killing themselves trying to lose weight. You know, waking up at five o'clock in the morning to go go do high intensity cardio, or they're starving themselves, or eating low calorie, going to bed hungry, working out for hours and hours and hours every week, going on HCG diets, or doing other fad diets, and just are not able to lose weight or keep it off permanently. In today's show, we're gonna be talking about um, what causes weight loss resistance, what are some of the top issues that cause weight gain and prevent weight loss, uh, we'll talk about toxins, the liver's role, and how when women can help to clear their liver, help uh, you know support liver function, how that can dramatically impact weight loss, and talk about the keto diet, things that are uh, really important to know about the keto diet, pitfalls and tips, and why you need to do carbohydrate cycling and uh, how, how the keto diet can lower fertility and cause some lower thyroid function and cause some other problems. So many of you guys listening to this show are interested in heavy metal detoxification, how heavy metals are impacting your health and if, if heavy metals are causing your symptoms. Well, I created a two minute quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com to discover your potential levels of heavy metals in your body. And then you get a video series following taking the quiz that will give you some tips and tricks on where to begin your detox journey, what you can do about any heavy metals that you discover you may have on the quiz. So take it at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Karen Martell, is a certified transformational nutrition coach and weight loss expert. After a lifetime of struggling with her own health issues, Karen is determined to bring her knowledge to other women. She has a bold new approach to women's health and weight management. Karen's passion lies in helping women break through weight loss resistance and find their personal weight loss code through nutrition, corrective digestive issues, optimizing hormones, and managing chronic stress. She's the founder of the On Track Primal Meal Planning and Weight Loss Program and host of the On Track podcast and videocast on YouTube. She is a health leader and researcher determined to revolutionize nutrition for modern women. You can find her at karenmartell.com. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here, Wendy. So we're going to talk about weight loss, resistance, and plateaus. And you know what? I think so many women feel like they're fighting this losing battle with you know reaching their 30s, 40s, or 50s and just not being able to lose weight at all or as easily as they used to. So, so what's going on? What is weight loss resistance exactly? Yeah, we're seeing like a really crazy epidemic right now in women of weight loss resistance. And it's, I mean, maybe it's because I'm in it myself, but I mean, there's just, you hear, I hear it all day long of the state, this exact same story, which is 
I'm eating right. And so it's always different now because I'm in the paleo primal world. I get the, I've been on keto for X amount of time or paleo for X amount of time. And, you know, people will lose weight maybe right in the beginning and then it just stops or they never lose any weight. So they feel better. They're getting all the benefits of these great diets and there's, they've completely overhauled what they were eating and they still can't lose weight. And it's super refreshing. They exercise. And this was me. This was me 10 years ago. I was doing everything. I was doing the boot camps. I had the personal trainer. I was working out harder than it ever worked out and was eating. I never had food addiction. I ate super clean. I tried multiple different diets and the weight kept coming on, coming on. And we're just seeing more and more of this of weight loss resistance. So it's not so much like you can have it in the sense of you could just be on any diet and you and you lose weight in the beginning, then you plateau, which is very, very common. But weight loss resistance is different in the sense that it's women that are really trying to, they're putting the efforts in to lose weight. They are doing what is supposedly right, whether whatever diet that is, and they're not seeing the weight loss results. Yeah, this was me for sure when I was, after I had my baby and I was like, okay, it's time to lose the baby weight. And I just felt like I was doing everything right and uh, eating perfectly and exercising literally six to eight hours a week. And just thinking, God, I would be an Olympic athlete right now <laughs> if I was doing uh, going to all this effort when I was in my 20s, you know. And yeah. so let's talk about what is the, the number one cause of weight loss resistance? So number one I see is hormone dysfunction, especially, you know, it, mine triggered as soon as I had my first child too. It was after that, that over the next few years that this started to happen to me, we see it often in women. Um, it's kind of the pregnancy is just, it steals the nutrients out the baby's stealing all the nutrients out of us that we had left kind of thing. And we start to get a lot of, you know, we might've had it before, but it's like, it tips it over the edge. And so it's hormone dysfunction is by far number one that I see. Um, close second to that, of course, is just, toxins, like the light, like our world, our environment, and you know this so well, it, it is super toxic and it's, and that's playing a role then on our hormones, right? So it's kind of, they're all tied in together. It's like this waterfall effect. Same with digestive system. If your digestive system isn't working well, which nobody's is these days because of the stuff that we're eating and antibiotics and, and that ties into the hormone dysfunction as well and the toxins. And, and so it's kind of these, all of these little markers, but basically it's hormones, uh, stress levels, which is also hormones, um, the toxic, you know, toxic lifestyle, and that can just be simply environmental toxins. Um, and then oddly enough, it is sometimes just a matter of, so when it comes to plateaus, it's a matter of your body adapting to what you're doing. And so a lot of women don't realize that it's not, the answer is not lower your calories farther, work out harder. That's actually usually makes it worse. And so I see a lot of that too, as we get stuck on this, in this tunnel vision of this is the best diet because maybe you lost weight in the beginning and they don't realize that in our bodies really we're, we're, we adapt. We, we, our body loves homeostasis. And so 
that can also be a huge factor, especially down the road, especially for those women that, like I said, lost weight maybe in the beginning, and then they hit that plateau. And it's super important to, you know, shift things around. We can talk about that later if you want. Yes, yes. And so can you talk about liver function and how important liver function is in, in your, you know, regulating your hormones and in, uh, you know, uh, promoting weight loss? Yeah, the liver has so much to do with it. It's funny because I have a group program where I put this group that I have my membership um, ladies on liver cleanses throughout the year. And it's always the thing that will always get them past any sort of weight loss plateau. It's like, it's like, Oh, I lost, you know, such and such. Like one lady just said on the, we did a January liver cleanse. She lost 18 pounds in a month. Wow. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Whoa. Like, I would like to do that. <laughs> I, know, right? I mean, that's not normal, but I was like, okay, obviously your liver needs some assistance. So you need to continue working on your liver. Like don't, don't stop that kind of thing. Right. Because our liver, once again, going back to the environmental toxins, the food toxins, our liver is overloaded having to deal with all of this outside and internal toxins that are going through our body that when it comes to filtering our hormones which our hormones are processed through our liver it's like your your liver it's like it can't keep up with it all and so the hormones just get dumped back into the system right and then there's like gut stuff too where there's certain gut bacteria that will help break down things like the estrogens, we have a ton of external estrogens in our environment right now that we're constantly ingesting. You know, things, if we're, if we've got any sort of synthetic perfumes in any of the stuff in our household, which most people do, right, whether that's your shampoo or actual perfume, cleaning products, um, all of these things are estrogen mimickers inside our body. And so if your liver is not working well and your gut's not working well, you're not going to be able to break down those toxic estrogens in the body and get rid of them. And estrogen dominance is one of the number one reasons I see women can't lose weight, right? So the, I always say, if you're going to do anything, at least do an estrogen cleanse. Like that, that's something that every woman and every man as well, my husband does them uh, because men are, we're starting to see more and more men going down the estrogen pathway instead of a testosterone pathway in their body. And we're seeing like the mass, you know, the male boobs and things like that. And they get little, you know, the love handles. And my husband notices when he takes the estrogen cleansers that, that it reduces those areas for him <laughs> and brings up his testosterone. So for women, we want to bring down the estrogen levels in order to help our body and help our liver to lose weight. And just even just a normal liver cleanse or liver support can help because it's going to help to get rid of those toxins, take the burden off of everything and pick up our metabolism, right? Because once if you have to a toxic liver, your metabolism is also going to slow down because of that. It's going to, we want it to be revved up and burning the fats that we're eating. If it's being overloaded, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And our liver metabolizes excess estrogen that recycles yes. the estrogen in our body. And so many people, I believe that their liver is their weak link because our livers have to break down sugars and fats and make cholesterol and break down all these toxins that it just can't keep up with the amount that we're bombarded with every day in our environment. You've got to really, for anything you're doing, weight loss, or you want to detox, you've got to really hone in on that liver and help it to cleanse and give it assistance. Yeah, you almost 
can't expect to lose weight if you're not addressing the liver properly. Like if it was up to me, I would put every woman I know on a liver and estrogen detox right off the bat and then continue to do that every couple of months. And it depends. If you're a drinker, you might need to do it more. You might need to take daily support, you know, support for your liver. I have a great uh, paleo cleanse powder from Designs for Health that's like a daily powder that you drink that supports the phase one, phase two pathways in the body for liver detoxification. And you can drink that every day and women will notice huge benefits from that. Just from, um, I've had women say, you know, I have no more PMS. I can sleep better. I have no more hot flashes. Like It really, really makes a huge impact on it. Yeah. And I, I've seen, you know, women come to my practice that are, you know, wanting to lose weight and, and whatnot, but they're drinking alcohol every night. They're taking a lot of different medications that tax the liver, even though they might need to take them. But, you know, there's usually a way to reduce medication usage or dosages because a lot of them are toxic to the liver, put a burden on it. And they're, um, they're eating sugars and they're, they're not doing any liver cleansing and they're doing all these all, and they're dousing themselves in perfume every day and just doing all of these things. It's like, it's not surprising why you may not be losing weight or doing, you know, waking up at five in the morning, reducing your amount of sleep that you're, you're getting every night to work out yeah. and do these high intensity workouts. So let's talk a little bit about sleep. Um, what is the importance of sleep in weight loss? Well, when, if, if we're lacking sleep, I always actually think of it, it back in, I go back to my old drinking days. I haven't drank in 10, over 10 years now, but back in my old drinking days, you know, when you go out and you'd party for the night and you'd wake up in the morning and you, the last thing you want to eat right is broccoli and you know a healthy piece of meat or whatever it is right like you don't want to eat healthy that's when i would go to fast food every single time because you want grease you want carbs and now 10 years later once i had my 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 babies and i saw what it felt like to be on only three to four hours of sleep every night because it was exactly the same feeling minus the nausea. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Right? Like all you want to eat is carbs when you haven't slept, right? And there's different reasons for this, but there's two hormones, ghrelin and leptin, that are activated when you're not getting enough sleep. So leptin is is the the signal to is that you is the signal that you're hung that you're getting hungry. And I always get the two mixed up in ghrelin is when your is signals to you when you're full. Nope, it's the other way around. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> ghrelin right makes now. you want to eat. It's ghrelin just, makes you want to eat. Leptin tells you when you're full. Yes. 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 So both of these signals um, are compromised when you're not sleeping well. So you'll actually A, you're gonna want to eat. You're gonna be more hungry, right? And then B, the leptin signals gets gets faulty and you can and then you don't not getting the signal when you're full. So you can, and do you remember, I don't know if you drink now, but I just remember I'd want to eat constantly. And if I'm tired, it's the same feeling. I want to eat all day long and I don't want to eat things that are good for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy when I hear women like waking up super, super early to go work out. It maybe it's the only time they're able to do that, but you know, you don't want to compromise sleep to work out, to try to lose weight. It's like the the worst thing in the world you can be doing. It's it's even shown in research that women who get five hours of sleep or less a night, they have the blood sugar levels of a diabetic 
the yeah. next day. Yeah. And that makes you want to eat to raise your blood sugar also. Yeah, they actually, you're right. They It shows that women are actually leptin resistant. <laughs> I mean, uh, insulin resistant the next day. Like you're, that's how much your blood sugar will go up if you haven't slept well. And so if you're constantly doing that, you may have insulin resistance just simply from the fact that you're not sleeping. And if you're insulin resistant, it does not matter how well you're eating. It's all going to get stored as fat. Yes. Your body's not going to be processing it. Not only that, your cortisol levels. I mean, we're seeing that like another, that's another epidemic is women with these high, crazy amounts of cortisol. And so like you said, women are getting up, going out to do cardio first thing in the morning, thinking this is how I'm going to lose weight. Well, you're better off having an eight hour, nine hour sleep. You're going to lose more weight doing that than you are missing, getting, you know, missing out on sleep and getting up and doing that, you know, one hour run in the morning. Like you're, you're going to be gaining weight doing that rather than losing. Yeah. And it's, so let's talk about carbohydrates. So given the conversation we just had, that there's a lot of lifestyle factors that we need to be thinking about to set ourselves up to lose weight. Um, let's talk about calorie counting and carb counting, which is, you know, it's something you have to think about, you know, when you're wanting to lose weight, you do have to reduce the amount of food that you're eating, but what is your take on the, the calorie versus carbs counting? Oh yes, I have a take on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Calorie counting is is actually proven 100% not to work in scientific research. If you actually look at the research, when they've done studies on reduced calorie intake and the the rate of which they you know regain the weight, so not to say that you're not going to lose weight on it, but this it's about the regain that happens because something happens inside our body. So you're right to say that we have to take it into consideration. Clearly, if you're eating 3000 calories a day and you're you know, sedentary, you're going to gain weight. But where we see it going wrong is we are going to, we are being told, especially as women, that the only way to lose weight is to cut our calories and work out more. And it amazes me with all the information that we have out there right now, Wendy, that this is still what 90 plus percent of women think they need to do to lose weight. And it is so wrong and so backwards and so harmful to our bodies to think in that way. So what begins, what happens in the beginning is, is you, you can cut your calories and right away you'll probably lose some weight. This is what usually happens for that first few months. You can lose some weight. Now, if you, then you basically you'll plateau. One of two things will happen. You'll either plateau or you can't stick with it. Why? Because you've been, you've put your numbers into a little calculator online that spit out at you that you should be eating 1200 calories or 1500 calories a day to lose weight. And if you're hungry and you're going against that signal, which I did it a million times over, I'm sure you have as well. I know every woman has where you're, you know, oh, you know, I've already eaten my such and such calories today. I can't eat anymore. And you're fighting hunger constantly throughout the day because you had your half a cup of rice already and your little chicken breast and your boiled <laughs> broccoli, you know, like things like that. Or even on a ketogenic diet, this is what I see right now more than anything is women going, well, my keto calculator told me I need X amount of carbs, which we'll get into an X amount of calories. Like I can't be eating this much. And yet they're, they're going hungry 
And if you're going against that signal of being hungry, then it's a matter of time before your body's going to lower your metabolism to match that. So even if you're not going to go hungry either, let's say you're okay with 1500 calories, ketogenic diets, they really squash hunger. So what happens is women start to eat less and less on the keto diet. So they're, you know, and they're fasting every day and they're all proud of themselves. I fast every single day. And so they have this little eight hour, six hour window of eating and they're maybe eating 800 calories a day. And at first that's going to work, but over time your body's going to go, okay, there's not a lot coming in right now. And we always have to think that our brains, our bodies are old on the inside. It doesn't know that there's food everywhere around. So if you're only taking in this small amount of calories or on that other, you know, on, on, uh, the first, uh, thing that I was saying there, like, let's say it's just any diet and you've just reduced your calories and you're hungry, (laughs) same thing. Your body's going to go, there's not a lot of food around. Let's slow down the metabolism to match this because A, we're starving or B, there's just not a lot of food around, right? So it's going to slow down your metabolism. And so what do women do on, on the keto hand? They'll start to reduce calories more. They'll start to take out more. They'll start to reduce their carbs more. And it just, it makes, it's putting fuel on the fire when that's happening. And I know it because I've worked with thousands of women. I know this because I've seen it over and over and over again happening. So calorie counting can work to a point and it's a good tool to be like, like I had a woman doing keto and she was, she couldn't lose any weight. So I said, well, let's, let's count the calories for a week and see just how much you're eating, just in case it's we're out to lunch, right? And she realized she was eating like a thousand calories a day and just macadamia nuts. (laughs) So So (laughs) that's my favorite snack. (laughs) I know, right? She was like, oh, shoot, I guess that's maybe the problem. (laughs) But it can be a great tool just to see, okay, am I out to lunch on this or not? But the most important thing is, is if you're going hungry, then it's not going to work. And then if you're going too low calorie, even if you're not hungry, it's still signaling to your body that it needs to slow down the metabolism, needs to slow down your thyroid. It just happens. And people, there's so many people out there, um, doctors and keto professionals that are saying, oh no, fasting doesn't hurt your thyroid. Keto doesn't hurt your thyroid. And I'm sorry, but it does hurt many women's thyroid. And I see it over and over again. And there's a way to do keto where it's not going to hurt your thyroid or have a lot less chance of it hurting thyroid. And that's by doing carb cycling with it, right? So you can do different things or do a high calorie day with, and then do a fasting day. So you're changing around, but you're signaling to your body that there's still lots of food that there's, we're not, there's plenty basically around. And that same with carbs. Um, it's not always the answer to lower your carbs, ladies, and it's not the answer to lower your calories. It could be just the opposite and to actually eat lots of calories one day and then eat very little calories the next or do a fast the next day. That's what works best is when you're doing complete opposites so that you get the benefits of a fast, you get the benefits of low calorie, of losing the weight without harming your body or lowering your metabolism. Yeah, because I've read, I've talked to Dr. McCullough also about this, about how, yeah, do keto and do intermittent fasting and whatnot for a period of a couple of three months. But after that, you have the, the point of diminishing returns where it can 
damage your metabolism and it can cause these problems like thyroid issues and you can't just do keto forever you know it's yeah. it's a means to an end and it's a it's a great concept but you like a couple times a week you need to eat higher calories and and eat carbohydrates healthy carbs to kind of uh, keep uh, keep your body healthy like you said so how does it yeah. uh the keto uh diet damage your thyroid function just be just simply because well two things one is the lack of what i was saying like when there's when you're not having a lot of calories coming in and you're signaling to the body that there's not a lot of food around your thyroid will down regulate so that means it'll slow down because thyroid is running your metabolism so if you're your thyroid your body doesn't want this really great functioning thyroid burning up all this fat if it thinks that there's this uh, we're in a famine which that's what you're signaling to it so that's the first thing it'll just down regulate the thyroid um there are scientific studies that have showed that no it doesn't when people fast and and i i just take from what i see in my clients um and so it's kind of to each person right is what's going to work for them. And I've seen keto work for a lifetime, for, I don't, you know, not their whole life, but I've seen people on doing really well on keto for years and it's their thing. And that's great. Um, and I, but I agree with Dr. Merkula that it, it can, you need to just be okay with it being for three months as well. Cause some people don't do well past that. Some people do well in three months, six months, um, seasonal things like that. Right. But it's, you have to really pay attention to what's going on inside your body. Now with the thyroid, your thyroid also likes carbohydrates. So does your adrenals. <laughs> so giving it that boost of carbs that it needs, that it feeds your thyroid, feeds the adrenal system is important. We also make serotonin from carbs. So that's your happy hormone. <laughs> that's why I say the serotonin is your happy hormone. So women, for instance, will do really well adding in things like sweet potato or potato to their dinner time because it actually helps to boost their serotonin, which helps to, to helps them to sleep at nighttime. So it's not the devil that, you know, that people really think that it is. And it's about finding that balance that's going to work for you and not, you know, having that tunnel vision of this is what I need to do because this is what everyone else is doing. Now, what is the amount of carbs when people should be eating if they do a keto diet when they, because I know you have to start out at a very low amount to get into ketosis what does that look like exactly to get into a, a, you know, a state where your body is burning fat instead of sugar for fuel? You know what, Wendy, it is so different for everybody. I've seen women that have gone into ketosis and they have great keto ketone readings at 50 grams. Right. And so that's kind of standard, like Mark Sisson and the guys that wrote the keto book, he's in his book. It's like, you want to be 50 grams total grams or under. And that's what I go with women because I've seen too much damage when you go too low. Um, but that said, I've seen women that have done 10 grams of carbs a day and cannot get into ketosis for months and months and months. And I have a, a number of women that I've now put on carnivore diet in order to get them into ketosis. And these are women that no matter what they're doing, and some of them are, one of them, for instance, was highly insulin, where she was type two diabetic, highly insulin resistant. And she had been doing keto for six months and never got into ketosis. And she was on 10 grams of carbs a day. She went on carnivore, and when one, within one month, she had reversed her insulin resistance. Mm. And what is the carnivore? Isn't that strange? What is the so, carnivore diet? Carnivore is, is just meat only. Huh. So absolutely zero plants. So you can't even have spices. 
it's it there's theory that it's the oxalates it's the different um, poisons basically that are in plants that can affect different people um, there's a woman you know forget her last name but Michaela McPherson I think it is who is kind of uh, she's been on many podcasts who reversed all of her autoimmune, like severe autoimmune condition by doing carnivore. Um, so it's just something that it's just another tool in the toolbox. It doesn't work for everybody, but the point of it is there is no set standard for, okay, is, do I have to do 10 grams of carbs in order to get into ketosis? No, it's going to be different for each of us, depending on how insulin resistant are you or what is your body doing? I usually see it being insulin resistance that's it, that stops somebody from getting into ketosis. And then they have to, they have to really lower their carbs, if not completely eliminate them. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like you said, Everyone is different and what yeah. works for their body. And you have to try different things and see what works. If it doesn't work, course correct. Um, and so how long does, like on average, does someone need to do that low-carb diet before they're getting into ketosis? I always say three weeks at the minimum. Um, six weeks is about the average that you see where people really start to turn the corner and start to burn the ketones. But some people can take up to three months before they start burning ketones. So it's different for everybody. But the average is three to six weeks. Yes. And so that, then you're kind of training your body to burn the fat, that yes. unwanted fat on your body, rather than using carbohydrates to use that for fuel. Yes, and, yeah. and so one of the things I always talk about, uh, again, going back to toxins is that, you know, when you have a lot of toxins in your body from the air, the food, the water, the beauty products, the plastics, all these things that we're exposed to, that if you're having trouble uh, shedding the fat, uh, it's be can be because your body has to use that fat as a storage receptacle for all these toxins and so doing liver cleanses doing infrared saunas things like that can really help you to you know sweat this garbage out so your body then releases the fat yes exactly and even your fat will produce more estrogen yes yeah <laughs> so the heavier just, you are the more estrogen you have yeah it's just this catch 22 <laughs> the fatter you are the more estrogen you have yes. And then the harder yes. it is to lose weight, it's just, uh, so yeah. it's, it's really important to, you know, control your weight. Once you get to the weight you want to be at or in a certain range, you got to really fight to control it and keep it in that level. Cause it's very easy to gain that 10 pounds a year or so, and just kind of keep, you know, not yes. thinking about it, but you can really get yourself in hot water or makes it really, really, really difficult to lose weight later in life. Yeah. And we're seeing, of course, more and more drinking alcohol and women can get away with it when they're young. And unfortunately, ladies, you can't when you're older and it's like, they hold on to that glass of wine, like with their death grip, like, no, yeah. no one's taking this from me. And I have like, I get, that's probably the number one question I get asked when I run my, um, either paleo or keto programs is women saying, writing me, um, so Karen, is it okay that I just have like one or two glasses of dry red wine? Or can I just have just straight vodka? Cause there's no carbs in it. Like, yeah, tequila. No, tequila <laughs> is another one. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, I understand. I get it. I used to be a drinker, but no, it's, it's, it, it produces more. So let's go back to the estrogen. They say even a couple glasses of wine a week will raise your, your estrogen by 25%. Wow. So we're just, we're throwing more 
fuel from that estrogen fire and it's crazy it ages us like so much faster and this is all the the toxins in the liver right you're toxic you're going to age faster so you're throwing alcohol into there it just our bodies it's, it doesn't like it and the older we get the more harm it does i hate to be i always hate to be the person to say it i just told someone this morning i was having coffee with them i said i really want to do a podcast about the effects of alcohol on women. And I said, but I don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. So I have to get someone else. I'll have to interview someone that can talk about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause it's, I've tried every different combination to, to lose weight. I'm like, I've experimented different things, diets, and then this amount of exercise and trying to do it while drinking alcohol. And th- you just can't, you cannot lose weight while drinking alcohol. It's just not, it's just the calorie content alone the fact yeah. that it instantly turns into sugar in your body, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it was on, it, it's so detrimental on so many levels. Like, it's going to mess with your sleep. It's going to mess then with your insulin, your cortisol, your liver. It's it, There's so many levels that it's hitting. It's just like, if you can, at least down to a minimum. But I've seen the quitting drinking work across the board almost. Like, if you're, if you're stuck quit drinking for a month and see what happens. And don't go, don't even look past the month. Just be like, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to test Karen's theory out. I'm going to quit drinking for one month and see. And then at the end of the month, you can, you can determine whether or not it's worth continuing not drinking, right? My sister quit drinking. She lost like 10 pounds. She hadn't been able to lose weight for probably three or four years. And it was just like the puffiness. She could drop the 10 pounds. She looked amazing. Her skin cleared. Her eyes cleared. I was like, Whoa, like, she's not even a heavy drinker. And I'm like, like a week, she's a weekend warrior kind of person. And I was like, look at that. Yes. Like just boom. Yeah. And it affects your sleep too. I mean, people yeah. drinking because they're trying to kind of relax at the end of their day and they feel like it helps them sleep, but you actually end up waking up in the middle yeah. of the night and rece- uh, releases acetaldehydes, which was what yeast uh, candida releases. And it's this additional toxin your liver has to process. So you end up waking up in the middle of the night and not sleeping as well when you drink. You may not feel like actually wake up, but you don't get that deep restorative sleep you'd normally get if you didn't drink. And then you go and you eat McDonald's like I used to do all the next day. (laughs) And sit on your couch, do nothing. (laughs) So let's go back to the keto diet that you were talking about. Uh, why some women flourish on keto and others mm-hmm. don't. Um, can you delve into that a little bit more? Yeah, because keto is, I mean, we all know it's like the, such a fad right now. It's so huge. It's the number one diet in North America, right? Like the, the most Googled diet. And I provide keto plans for my for my members and for my clients, and I use it all the time. But it really, it, I always say you have to find your weight loss code as a woman. And so that's going to mean look different for each one of us. Now, the keto is awesome for women that have really bad sugar addiction and that it's like the alcoholic who you can't just give a little bit to all day long, right? They have to completely cut out sugar because it's such an addict. They actually say it's as addictive as cocaine is. Like when they've looked at what it does to the brain, sugar and cocaine light up the brain the same way. So you're getting the same pleasure from eating sugar as you are from from drinking or from doing cocaine. So it's, it's very serious for some people and it should be taken very seriously. So keto is this awesome 
really awesome tool to help women break that sugar addiction because there is no sugar on it. And that's what they have to do. They have to just completely eliminate it. And it works really well for that. And it works really well for women that are in menopause. I, I love using it for people, women in menopause, um, because our hormones are shifting and changing and we need to lower the amount of sugar that are, that's coming into our bodies and that extra good fats. Um, and most women right now that are going through menopause were raised in the no fat era. Like I was, I don't know if you were, were you? I was, but I completely ignored it. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. no way in hell that's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a mom that was like, she called butter Vaseline. Yeah. It was like butter was the devil in my house. So what we're seeing now is women that grew up in that era, they never had any of these good, healthy fats, which has played a, a serious, put a serious toll on their hormones, right? So they're going through perimenopause and amongst other reasons, like the toxins and the stress and stuff. But just for that factor alone, it's really messing with our hormones, right? So women coming into perimenopause, going on keto is amazing for some of them because it can really help to lose the weight. They're getting all those good fats. They're not messing with their fertility signals because I don't know we'll get into that, but it can be it work really, really well while they're transitioning through that time. I've, I've had multiple women tell me it's got rid of their hot flashes by going keto. So great. Now, the younger you go, then what starts to happen Going back to the keto really squashes hunger, which means the cal caloric intake starts to lessen. And when your body thinks that it's starving, it actually will start to shut down fertility. And so you have to be quite careful with it. And that's where I would go on the lean on more on the side of cyclical ketogenic diets or seasonal, right? So you would, if you're going to be doing keto, that you're going to have those, you know, some days you can fast so you can lose some weight, but other days you do high calorie or you do one day a week of high carbs, right? Carb cycling with it so that you're just constantly signaling to the body that, Hey, everything's okay. You don't need to shut down my fertility and it can be great. For that, right? Um, if women have an underactive and undertreated thyroid problem, you need to fix that first. I mean, some women, it's kind of a mixed camp. There's some that really have flourished on keto that are hypothyroid. And then there's some that just take a, it just makes everything worse. Their hair starts coming out. They, they don't lose any weight. They feel super tired. Um, and so it really depends on the person, but you have to be very careful if you've got adrenal issues and you've got thyroid, which usually go hand in hand, you want to make sure you're addressing those things first before you hop in on this super low carb plan. Um, and just make sure you're on the right medication that your, you get your temperatures up and then monitor your temperature throughout your ketogenic journey. I, I always tell all my members and clients that like, get your thermometer and, you know, take, you know, once a month, take your temperature and just make sure nothing's happening. I have a woman right now in carnivore who's got thyroid problems and I'm making her take her temperature every week. So we make sure that her temperature doesn't suddenly die because if it does, it's, cor it correlates with your thyroid functioning going lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. And so some women also have trouble with all the fats on the yes. keto diet. Say if your liver isn't working optimally or you're not making enough bile, which yep. helps to digest fats, you're going to run into some trouble with all these fats. Can you talk a little about that? Yes, I see that too. Because once again, 
growing up in the era of no fat, a lot of women, they eat really lean meats or very little meat um, and no fat. And so it actually will downregulate your production of hydrochloric acid. So when suddenly these women shift to a ketogenic diet and they're eating red meats and they're eating, you know, butter on everything and their body does not like it. I just had a woman message me today and said, I'm getting diarrhea. Is this normal? And I'm like, okay, here's what you got to do because your body's just not used to that right? So there's different little, you know, tips that I like, you can take ox bile, which is like our own bile, it will help to break down those fats and your body will get better at it. But once again, if you're putting some attention on your liver, which is also gonna be putting attention on your gallbladder, the functioning of that is going to help your body to produce the bile that it needs to break down the fat. So taking things that can stimulate the gallbladder, and if you don't have a gallbladder, then your liver now has to take over for the bile production, which makes it, it it's, makes it a lot harder. So a lot of women without a gallbladder will definitely get diarrhea when they go switch to a ketogenic diet. So you really wanna make sure that you're supporting your liver, that you're eating bitters that will help to support the production of bile. Um, and Louise Gittleman, you probably know her. She wrote a great book about, it's called Radical Metabolism, but she's got lots of awesome tips in there. I have a podcast with her and she's, you know, she's got lots of great tips to help your body produce all a little bit more bile and um, support your liver and gallbladder. So it's a good, to, hers is a good, her book is a good tool to have. But yeah, you just want to make sure that you're supporting both. So you can just take the ox bile, hydrochloric acid and a full spectrum digestive enzyme to help in the beginning to start processing all the fats. Yeah. Your body will start getting mm -hmm. the clue that, yes. oh, I got to start ramping up production here of bile <laughs> to deal with all this fat. Uh, so your body does adjust, but I think a lot of people have trouble with digestion and could really help with digestive assistance, no matter what diet they're on to improving hydrochloric acid and then improving their digestive enzymes and ox bile. Super helpful. Super helpful. And even just eating, don't be afraid to eat the vegetables. There's a lot of ketoers out there. I mean, if you're carnivore, that's one thing, but you know, you don't be afraid to eat vegetables if you're on keto, because that's where you're going to get your fiber from. And that's where well, that's leaning on the other side where you're going to be constipated um, because suddenly you're not having any fiber coming in. So it's important to be eating those things. Yeah. I, w I remember I was doing Atkins when I was first experimenting yeah. with diets. It's a keto diet. Basically. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, maybe, you know, not as great with all the processed bars and things that they sell, but I was, you know, reading about carbohydrates and, you know, it said that artichokes, oh my God, have 17 grams of carbs. And I just thought, I'm sorry, I'm eating a freaking artichoke. Okay. <laughs> this is so healthy. Yeah, totally. I'm not going like, to be, I'm not worrying. Yeah, I'm not worrying about the net carbs that a freaking artichoke has. This is nuts. I'm going to eat my vegetables and not worry yeah. about it. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Like when I, whenever I've, I do keto, I, I eat plenty. I'll eat beets. I eat carrots. Like, and I'm sure some people are like, oh, but you know, I stay in ketosis. It's everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to eat a carrot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Karen, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, talking to us about weight loss resistance and plateaus. Cause I know so many women that are listening to this podcast, it's 80% women that listen. And so many of us are feel like we're fighting this losing battle. I get exasperated too. I'm just like, God, yeah. what do I what do I need to do? And like you get tired. You get tired of kind of feeling like you're doing all this effort and 
really having to focus more so on weight loss to uh, maintain a trim figure as you get older. And so that's what this podcast is about, is helping to give you guys the the tools and the insight and the experts uh, knowledge base uh, like Karen here to help you guys, you know, you know, figure out this puzzle that is your body and do what works for you as an individual. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, if you're suffering with weight loss resistance, don't follow the masses. Like, don't be afraid to just shift what you're doing or try something different. Or if you've hit that plateau, it's okay to have done keto or any other diet for a period of time while it worked for you. And then that might be signaling to your body that it's time to do something different. You know, it's time to do a cleanse or it's time to, you know, add in some carrots (laughs) and some artichokes, whatever it is, just be open-minded to shifting what you're doing. Because I think we really get into like, what's the next best thing. And it's important that we see that we have, there's so many aspects to what it takes for a woman nowadays to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so many women also beat themselves up and really punish themselves. Oh yeah. They're not doing, they're not, uh, they need to be eating less. They need to be exercising more. When a lot of women damage their body doing the HCG diet and doing other kinds of things that um, harm their body. And then eventually their metabolism is trashed. And then, then no matter what they do, they have trouble losing weight. So we want to help, you know, this podcast and Karen and myself really want to help you try to avoid that fate because it's not enough just to do certain diets. You have to do them correctly and you have to be aware of your body and, and how it works. It's it's more complicated than calories in, calories out. Yeah. So Karen, thanks for coming on the yeah. show. Tell us where we can find you and work with you. So I'm at KarenMartel.com. Uh, my podcast is called The Other Side of Weight Loss. So you can find that on iTunes. And um, you can work with me one-on-one coaching as well. I have a membership option that is all about weight loss resistance, meal plans, and I stick with the primal meal plans. We do keto, paleo, and autoimmune paleo. Um, and, and then tons on hormones and detoxification and have lots of awesome tools inside the membership. And then I also just have kind of one-off courses too. I've got, I've kind of got something for every level of wherever to meet somebody at. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, Karen, thanks for coming on the show and everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast, where we provide you with solutions on heavy metal and chemical detoxification with regards to supplements and protocols and how your body detoxes, what prevents detox and biohacking tips and tricks. So thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys really, really soon. Thank you.